Adam, if you only had one minute to give an artist the best music marketing advice you could possibly give them, what would you say one minute on the clock? Okay. Uh, um, is, is the time already started? Time's already started. <laughs> Oh, no. All right. So uh, VCO, Visibility Connections Offers. If you don't have all three of these things, you, you're not going to have a front-facing music career. I'm just, sorry to break that to you. Now, Visibility Connections Offers, visibility where people find you, that attention that you need. Uh, now, if you're like a session guy, this doesn't necessarily apply. But then Connections, taking that visibility, taking that connection, taking that uh, attention, and then moving it over into meaningful relationships, nurturing, and really kind of building that like no trust that you need to take that audience and actually move them. So what are you moving them to? Oh, offers. You need to have a path. You need to have an understanding of how to make money in this business, whether it's streaming, whether it's royalties, whether it's merch, gigging, crowdfunding, like Patreon. And once you have all three things organized, that's when the magic starts to happen. Is that? Bam. Nailed it. 58 sec or 56 seconds. Five Man, stars. Yeah, be sweating over here. And <laughs> I think everyone that's watching this probably already knows you because you're like the OG music marketing guy, or one of the couple OG music marketing guys on you on YouTube and uh, Instagram, and now you're on TikTok. But get, let's just give people that don't know you kind of like a quick intro to, to who you are, what you do, and what you're all about. Sure. So my name's Adam Ivy. I did music full time for about eight years. Also did corporate marketing for about a decade. Uh, I've scaled a couple seven figure businesses, a couple six figure businesses. And what do I do? I take all of the knowledge and information that I learned throughout my time in the music industry and have paired it with my experience with marketing in large, you know, eight, nine nine-figure um, corporations and am now helping musicians, artists, producers from around the world, learning how to build their business frameworks, their marketing structures, and really their systems in understanding how to take their creativity and turn it into a business. I went deaf in my left ear in 2016. Um, ironically, I have surgery tomorrow morning. Uh, actually, it's at 1 p.m. So tomorrow afternoon to get a little teeny tiny plastic tube put in my ear. And uh, I'm keeping my fingers crossed that I get most of my hearing back. But at that time in my life, um, I kind of came to a crossroads and I said, I don't think I'm going to be able to do music the way that I once did. And at that time, I'm also like, I'm not sure if I want to continue to, it was so frustrating trying to produce and not being able to hear that I was either like, I'm just going to quit and you know build other businesses or I'm just going to share everything I know. And I started doing that on YouTube. And then people asked, hey, do you have a course, a program, an ebook, or whatever? And then I launched a course a couple of years after I was doing just free YouTube videos. And that has turned into you know, something that's so fulfilling to me. And it's really, I feel like my purpose to help creative folks from all over the world kind of get a grasp and perspective on, oh, this is possible. And it's not easy, but it is possible. So that's what I do in a nutshell, own a couple other businesses outside of the music space. I uh, have a nonprofit and uh, I'm about to be a dad, which is the most exciting news of my life. So um, that's me in a nutshell. I'm sure we could go in any direction for hours, but uh, if yeah. you're not familiar with me, well, hello. <laughs> Yeah, and, and so a lot of people that that know you probably know you from your YouTube channel where you have 200-something thousand subscribers. What is it? 292, oh. 293 at the moment of recording this. That's yeah. pretty much 300K, so that, that's insane. Um, and I feel like you're probably most well-known for being the, the guy who's always talking about, well, one, like organic content content creation yeah. specifically on instagram that's kind of like most of your big videos like when i was like first found you where like you talking about people can go on instagram and try to grow their audience for free 
So how has the landscape changed now that platforms like, like TikTok are here? And now you're on TikTok and your content is yeah. great. Like there's one video of you where you're like, you get this video of a girl dancing in like yoga pants and it's like zoomed <laughs> in on a booty. And then all of a sudden yeah. it's Adam Ivy wearing the same yoga pants zoomed in on his booty. And you're just like, hey, what are you looking at? So check out Adam Ivy on yeah. TikTok. But how do you think the landscape has changed in the past few years for organic content marketing? Sure. I think that we all have access to so many more tools that at one point seemed untouchable, right? Whether it's uh, cameras are getting better, phones. I mean, I was just watching a video on YouTube with my wife last night because we're going on a cruise later this year. We're watching the whole review. And then by the time she gets to walking through somewhere where a mirror caught her, we're both like, wow, she shot this entire thing with her phone. It looks amazing. And so we live in a day and age where making music, making content is so accessible and our attention spans have become minuscule to where the speed of implementation, the pacing of our content, the way that we can take a take a topic, take a thought, take a concept, and even, even a comedic concept and put it out in a way that's going to be recepted or received rather, um, is, is a whole different skill set. You know, I think it was Edgar Allan Poe or possibly Mark Twain, um, one of the two, I, I believe, that said, uh, you know, to whom it may concern, I didn't have time to write you a short letter, so I wrote you a long one. <laughs> because it, it takes such a skill set to take all of the stuff that's going on in your head and, and ironing it down to 15, 30, 60 seconds or a little bit more. Um, and I think that it's really, in a way, leveling the playing field and also frustrating people at the same time because the, the mountain seems to be steeper, yet there's just you know, more people that are, are scrolling through and not absorbing what you're doing. So um, yeah. Instagram, obviously hot on the tail of TikTok or trying to be at least with the reels. Um, I think they're slowly, slowly rounding the corner to find their own uh, identity again making a lot of people upset recently with the meta verified thing. Some business owners look at it differently, obviously, but, um, you know, with, with the looming TikTok ban upon us, who knows what's going to happen. Yeah. I don't think that it's really going to change the landscape too much because people will just shift over. They're already making the content. So they'll just move over to whatever's still available to post. And then we just have to hope that the, you know, computer learning, the AI, the algorithm, gods are uh, kind to us as far as reach and discoverability yeah the the tiktok ban is kind of scary for a lot of people because I, I know someone that has like over a million i know a couple of people with over a million followers on tiktok and yeah. some of them have done a great job of diversifying where their audience is like getting on youtube getting on instagram but there's other a lot of people who who haven't um which which is very mm -hmm. scary you know i can imagine if youtube was shutting down next month how frantically you and I would be trying to push everyone to every platform, you know, we're getting their email addresses. Yeah. Like we'd be doing lead magnets up the ass if, if YouTube <laughs> was shutting down next week, because we'd be trying yeah. to like retain as much of our audience as possible. Um, but yeah, it's scary. The Congress hearings are very fun to watch. If anyone watching is not. Seen. Oh yeah. It's like uh, <laughs> asking your uncle about technology. It's yeah. like, Hey, uncle Chuck, tell me about how internet works. Yeah. It's just like yeah. some of these people, they might they might be somewhat savvy with law and policy and essentially making and upholding rules, but uh, it's like I, I bet I bet you every single one of them would lose their job if you asked them to uh, set the timer on a microwave or a VCR. Yeah, for, for sure. 
So <laughs> specifically, um, and mm-hmm. I'll use an I'll use an actual artist um, as an example. So there's an artist I was okay. talking to last night, and he didn't have the biggest like budget per month to spend on on paid marketing strategies. Yeah. So I was telling him, you know, one, I was like, you should go check out people like Adam Ivy. I mentioned, I was like, check out Adam Ivy, check out Brain Man Sean, because because you guys are kind of like the the OG organic content guys, and Thanks, you're dude. both very active still too. <laughs> um, but if so, he, he's a he's a ra- he, this guy I was talking to is a rapper. He has some music videos. Mm-hmm. Um, what kind of content and what schedule and what platforms would you tell this this rapper to go go and create? Sure. So I'll just base it on a generic fill in the blank rapper, right? Because yeah. I don't know this individual's uh, situation, but. You know, I would, I would really say lean heavily into two or three platforms that you genuinely believe in. I tend to kind of uh, pair the visual platforms together because it's inherently easier. So, like YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok, don't take a lot of extra work to make content for all three of those things consistently. I would take the singles, the the long form music videos that they want to, you know, uh, build up momentum, and I would create. 10 to 15 different pieces of content for each song in different environments with different parts of the song with different outfits things that are going to be what we call pattern interrupts so that when you go out there and a great example of this is a a friend of mine michael minnelli on tiktok he goes by mr minnelli tell him adam ivy sent he's a great guy just super talented uh, cat and um you know he did multiple sometimes in the grocery store sometimes out at a baseball game and would just get over his nerves, shoot the content, shoot the sexiest part of the song, the most exciting high energy part of the song, and just kept doing that over and over and over again. And now he's doing sold out tours at pretty decent sized venues and his following's going up. Like it's really, it's really blossoming a thriving music career. And I'm super excited to see where he's going. But, you know, as creatives, I think it's, it's often uh, believed that we spend money on a super high quality music video and then like that's supposed to be the vehicle that delivers us to a record deal or a huge audience it's going to go viral you probably deal with this as well andrew but i get at least five emails a week like i have this video i just spent fill in the blank money on it's going to go viral and i'm like it it's not it's not unless it's like hilarious it's it's not going to go viral it can be you can go rent a lamborghini and have have it shot on red cameras and have Matthew McConaughey as like your feature on the song. And it doesn't guarantee that you're going to get any visibility at all. Um, So organically, I would just stick to keeping in mind, we were talking about visibility connections offers, right? Three things. And they pair perfectly with three types of content, attraction content, nurturing content, and then what we call promotional content. So the attraction content is that visibility piece. The nurturing content is the connection piece. And then obviously promotions for offers. So you don't want to oversaturate your audience with any one of those things because like I always talk about, visibility with no connections mean a ton of people know you. You could have 2 million followers on TikTok, but they don't feel connected. So you can have all the offers in the world. They're not going to buy. You can have all the connections and offers, but without the visibility you're selling to, you know, your mom, somebody you went to school with in high school, or a person you work retail with, like, it's not enough to sustain a career. And then yeah. if you have visibility and connections, it's like you're dragging around an ATM machine and refusing to plug it in. You need <laughs> offers to make money, even if it's not like a fancy landing page with buy this, you know, like it, it's, it's 
how are those revenue streams going to align with the work you're putting in? And then aggressive patience and consistency. <laughs> so many people think that they're going to blow up in six months. And, and, you know, you mentioned earlier myself, Brandman, Sean, there's a few other folks that have been on YouTube for, for a good clip of years now. And, you know, there's some people who will be like, uh, Oh, it's easy for you to teach. You're not doing it. I'm like, try to build an education channel on YouTube to like 10,000 followers, let alone two or 300,000. Yeah. You're comparing apples to apples, a career, creative, uh, a creative career with music, a creative career with YouTube, a creative career with an education, creative career. Like it all takes the same yeah. recipe, just yeah, slightly I, different tweaks to it. I've had some people comment over the years and you know, say things like, I mean, you know, oh, it's easy. For, you get this all the time. It's easy for you to say you're just like on here doing educational teaching content. And yeah, like yeah. there is something to be said that education type things are are easier in some ways. However, they're more I think they're more difficult in other ways. Like then the reason why I say they're easier in some ways, because mm -hmm. I mean, I'm in the same thing. I'm an education channel. The reason why it's easier yeah. in some ways is if you have a skill or a a, you're really good at teaching something it's like you can make a lot of videos that are specifically designed around certain problems that people are already looking for and searching for whereas if you're as an entertainer um you can't however the on the, on the flip side it's it takes one but to being an entertainer like it's just a completely different skill set like than to be an educator and um yeah yeah for the most part and I mean, I guess like in your case, you're kind of both, <laughs> you know, like, well, you are, you are as well, man. I mean, every time you're, you're landing an education piece, you want to be entertaining enough. Yeah. You really want to resonate. You want to, you're not talking to everybody, but those people that you are talking to, you want to keep their attention. You want to be yeah. relatable. You also want to have that energy that gets them excited because people are always thinking that I'm like, I mean, I, I do drink too many energy drinks, but, uh, <laughs> you know, shout out to Alani new. Alani New. If you want to sponsor, yeah. If you want, this episode certainly not sponsored by Alani New. It's AlaniNew.com. Never even heard backslash. of it. <laughs> yeah, it's a fitness influencer that my wife used to or continues to follow, and we tried it, and I prefer those over Monsters or anything else. Wow. But anyway, if any energy drink company wants to sponsor my channel or Andrew's channel, contact yeah. information in the description box below. I used to um, drink so many energy drinks back in high school that my doctor yeah. told me I had hypertension back in high school and I don't have it anymore. Like my heart, my blood yeah. pressure is good, but I was drinking, I was pounding like two a day. And so went to oh, the well, doctor do and they're like, yeah, you have like ridiculously high blood pressure. Like this is like, you should not have this at 17. Meanwhile, you're holding a monster. Yeah. And, and the, and I still drink a ton of coffee, but no more energy drinks for me. Um, okay. Getting, good for you. Getting too old for that. Although I'm Goals. not, I'm not too, too old yet. <laughs> yeah. So, but like the, the way. You're not like me. <laughs> I don't have quite as many grays yet. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Well, you, you, at this point, are you going for the, uh, you're going for the sexy George Clooney thing. You're just embracing. Oh, thank you, man. Yeah. You got the, you I, got the fruit. Uh, I'm going to put that on a testimonial page. You're going yeah. for the sexy George Clooney thing. Andrew Southworth. Andrew Southworth. <laughs> Um, um, as, as you can probably tell watching this video, Adam and I have, have known each other for quite a bit. Um, <laughs> so we're comfortable. Yeah, Andrew shit. and I are good friends and it's always good catching up. Um, but you were saying, you know, for education content versus entertainment content, it is, it is different. And I think that you hit the nail on the head that if you could find issues or problems that you could solve or try to address for people, that's a little bit more low hanging fruit. Here's yeah. the issue with that though. Um, 
with the introduction of ChatGPT, all these uh, experts, specialists, gurus, and I know a lot of people throw us into those categories. And, and on some level, that's perfectly fine. Um, there's a lot of people that have never done it, have never made $1,000 with their music, have never been successful in anything, but they start teaching it and just regurgitating. And I think that there's a huge separation between actual action and real life experience versus the theoretical stuff, the hypothetical stuff, the stuff, the concepts that should work in theory yeah. versus, you know, I, I remember like it was yesterday working 18 hours a day on music to try to make enough money to pay rent. And it took me over three years to make my first dollar with music. Like I have no sympathy for somebody that's super frustrated after six months. It's like, sorry, yeah. but you know, and so, um, you know, you pick, you pick your battles and you, put yourself out there and anybody in the entertainment or education space is definitely subject to criticism, feedback, good and bad, obviously. Um, yeah. But, you know, I think that you and I really align with the fact that we feel like this is a, this is a mission for us. This is a passion for us. And obviously there's money to be exchanged with like premium programs and stuff. But I argue, I used to sit in front of a computer for 12 to plus hours, you know, 12 plus hours a day so that I could get paid for myself. Yeah. Now, if, if I'm spending the same amount of time trying to help hundreds of thousands of people and I make a little bit of money while doing it, what's going to contribute to the world more? Me yeah. helping a lot of people get to the point where they, now they know how to make money with their music, even if 10 years from now they choose to do something else? Or is it better, cooler, more admirable for me to just greedily just sit there and not share all this knowledge and not share this excitement with other people so that I can make enough money doing music or I can make enough uh, you know, have enough accomplishments. So people, other musicians take me seriously. It's like, yeah, you got to pick your battles and, and no one, no one in the world is liked by everybody. And you kind of just have to deal with that. For sure. For sure. Yeah. And, and the other kind of complex thing about being in this kind of education versus music niche that a lot of uh, artists don't realize is that it's a lot easier to, to tell a story if you're in the entertainment than if you're in the education, which, which stories mm -hmm. are probably one of the most like powerful things you can use in your, in your content. And it's it's a hard skill. I, I'm not going to say that I'm good at it by any means. But um, how do you think artists can take advantage of more uh, storytelling aspects in their content? And I guess yeah. also on that note, what specific types of organic content do you think are most effective right now? Yeah, I think obviously short form video, like it or hate it. I was very reluctant to do it for a while. Uh, if I would have jumped on when my gut was telling me to, but my old man brain was saying, ah, it's just like a young kid's game. Like I'd, I'd have a million followers on TikTok right now instead of like 8,000 or whatever. But um, that's the speed of implementation and, and jumping in. Um, the one thing I think is so funny, Andrew, is that we're talking to a lot of artists out there, a lot of musicians, bands even, and they write songs that are super deep. They write songs that are super entertaining. They take us on a journey. Yeah. And yet when you tell them like, hey, write a good caption for social media, write an email to your audience. They're like, what do I say? Yeah. What do I? Uh... I'm like, you do this for like a living. You, you, you write a ton of amazing songs that tell a story and take people to uh, a place, you know, of creativity and imagination. And yet you have a hard time just talking about what's on your mind or why you're making that song or why you started making music or some afflictions or challenges in your life or things that you're excited about and you're passionate about. Like, I think that the typical story arc of kind of like problem journey solution 
can go for, and, and I'm, I'm very, very much simplifying it, but right. if I post up a photo standing in front of a Lamborghini, for example, and I'm just like, yo, stunting, hashtag blessed, like people are going to get a very different perception of that. And there'll still be people that like it because they never read captions. But if I were to say my first car was a 1990 Geo Tracker, my parents never made over $30,000 growing up. Lamborghini is something I had a poster of in my 20s, as sad as that sounds. And so through the vision and the hard work, the Lamborghini is not the goal. The Lamborghini is the is the milestone of being able to reach a certain point in my life where the hard work has paid off a little bit. Now, if you're at a point where you have something up on the wall, you have a vision board, you like, just know that it's going to be a hard road, but you can get to there, you know, something like that. Obviously it's just like freestyle copywriting, but like yeah. one tells the story and, and really paints it in a contextual way, right? There's content and then there's context. We have yeah. to figure out how to pair those together. Some of the most successful people in the world, um, in the creative space, especially let's, let's talk about YouTube for a second. Like Mr. Beast, Mark Rober, these Casey Neistat, these are people that have mastered the art of pacing their storytelling. Yeah and bringing people into the fold of the experience. Now you have artists all over the place, like Louis Capaldi. People love Louis Capaldi because he's so freaking real and he's funny and he's relatable. And he, and, and that's one reason that he blew up the way he did when, um, the industry, I think we would agree, like the industry told him that he wasn't attractive enough. He wasn't marketable and he never let that slow him down. And I think a lot of people are slowed down, by what they think all these external things are going to uh, going to uh, be for them. You know, one one thing, you know, there's Dr. Me or, uh, Dr. Uh, ben Hardy, who wrote a book with Dan Sullivan called The Gap in the Gain. Right. And the whole concept and I'll make this as short as possible. The whole concept is a lot of people live in the gap. They live in this imaginary space of like where they are versus where they thought they would be. The goals that they didn't hit. And the game is sitting in the present right now and saying, where did I start? What have I accomplished in the last year, let alone the last week? And that's the game. That's a different mindset perspective. And I think a lot of musicians die in the gap because they're always, oh, uh, that guy made it. Life isn't fair. The industry yeah. is rigged. I should be there. Like, no, where have you where have you come? And like the bigger you dream, the more epic your past is going to be every time you check it. Yeah. So I think that on social media, one thing as cheesy and cliche as it sounds is um, it's not that we have to do it. It's that we get to do it because yeah. nobody gives a shit if you do music. No one, not a fucking person, <laughs> not as much as you, at least. Right. Yeah. And so we have these pressures on our shoulders. I, I hear people that are in their early mid early to mid 20s. I feel like I just missed a boat. What boat? The boat you've the boat you've created in your right. mind based on interviews you watched from 2016, like yeah, you, like yeah, that, your reality is nobody else's. Totally, yeah. I mean, I, I could not agree with that more. There, there's this one person that left a comment on my videos, and if you're watching this, you know who you are. Uh, <laughs> where they, their comment was something I forget. I was talking about some song I promoted, and I was I was excited, like I was showing the results, and I was kind of excited about this pretty good result, and I forget what it was. It was like know 30,000 streams in in three weeks or six weeks or something which and this person was saying something along the lines of you know 
30,000 streams or 30,000 listeners is like an insignificant drop in the bucket. And I, yeah. and I was just like, just, and I, I, a lot of artists think like this, where if, if mm-hmm. you show them a like pretty guaranteed path where they can go from nothing to 10,000 monthly listeners, 20,000 or whatever the metric is, a thousand people on your email list, 500 people have bought a product, any metric you set, like 30,000 people is bigger than my hometown that I grew up in. Yeah. And 30,000 people is bigger than most concert venues, like the vast majority. Agreed. <laughs> and yeah. and to say that 30,000 people is not, like if you put 30,000 people in one place, it's insane. So to have 30,000 mm-hmm. people listen to your music in a month, like, yeah, you can say compared to Drake, compared to Justin Bieber. Like, yes, sure. it's like- those are. It, it, it's like situation. saying that 30,000 is nothing compared to those superstars is like saying that having $10 million in your bank account is nothing because people like Jeff Bezos exist. Like just because there's billionaires a, doesn't mean that having millions of dollars is nothing, you know? <laughs> that's a perfect comparison, man. One thing I always, I always think about is I'm just like, you know, if 5,000 people, you know, the, the Kevin Kelly dissertation essay thing, the thousand true fans. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's a really good, framework a really good base for the concept but um i also don't think that you're going to find a thousand people that are going to consistently give you a hundred dollars a year right yeah because like there's people that are it's it's called churn i mean think of how many box services are out there you know for from you know pet toys that you get every month to new t-shirts to new food like uh what is it called the um hello fresh right it's so people get it, they use it for a little while and then they stop and somebody else comes in. And so it's that constant continuity that we're looking for. But if you look at 5,000 people, right? Not that many, especially to the commenter saying 30,000 is nothing. 5,000 is nothing, right? To this person. Yeah. Meanwhile, some of the biggest marketing conventions I've ever been to can only fit 4,000 people in this convention center. (laughs) And if, if we as artists or creatives, that even goes for guys like Andrew and myself, if we can get 5,000 people to really believe in what we're doing and over the course of a year contribute 50 bucks. So let's break that down. That's uh, $3 and 50 cents or something like that a month, right? Yeah. Maybe four. It's yeah. It's like $4 and three cents or something like that. Um, if I can get 5,000 people in the world, 5,000 people versus 8 billion, right? 5,000 people in the world to give me, let's just say five bucks a month. I'm making more than a quarter million dollars a year. I mean, before taxes, welcome to America. <laughs> but that alone, I, I believe I believe the statistic is less than 3% of all Americans make over $200,000 a year. At like just any profession. Yeah. I mean, we're talking doctors, we're talking lawyers, we're talking engineers, we're talking about like business owners. Less than three, it might be less than, uh, let's just call it less than 10%. Just yeah. so I can blanket this correctly, less than ten percent of the entire population of our country make two hundred thousand or more, and you're telling me that you only need five thousand people to passively give you yeah. five bucks a month. Like, if you can't build an audience over time that is going to contribute, okay, you fall short and you only get a thousand people. Well, now you're making fifty grand. That's more yeah. than most dental hygienists right out of college. Totally, yeah, and. You know, we're not saying it's easy. It's no. it's in, it's an incredibly difficult task trying to get any people to give you any money nowadays, right? Just because true, um, so true. Music's essentially become not the product but the advertisement in a lot of ways. 
Like the music used to be the end goal. And if they liked your song, they bought it. But now it's like the your music is almost just like the advertisement for everything else in your in your business. Like you have your, your Patreon, you have merch, you have shows. You might have um, some artists sell things like books and, and uh, they'll do uh, courses. That one's probably not as relevant, but like they'll do teaching too. You know, like a, a fan yeah. of the artist really Lessons loves their voice. Stuff. Yeah, and sometimes do them in person, like before shows. And even some big artists I know, yeah. like um, Periphery for a long time, when they were touring, they would do lessons before each show in every city they went to. Wow. Yeah. Like, even for their first couple albums, you could book the, the drummer and I think the guitarist before a show. And they would charge like, I don't know, 100, 100 bucks an hour or something. Which for like for like a, for a fan to get a lesson from one of their favorite artists... Is like a no-brainer, even you know, one hundred or one hundred fifty dollars an hour, right? Because they're they're like a celebrity right. to them, and um, they could make a killing on it. And it, they don't make make it their whole business, right? You don't want to try to like I've done this several times where I tried. Originally, my channel was to promote my music, and I failed at that three yeah. times essentially because first I was teaching screaming lessons. People came to me for screaming lessons. I remember those videos. Yeah, and they, they did, I'm like, he's screaming so loud, but he's like super calm. He's just like doing something with his mouth. <laughs> exactly. And people, uh, a lot of people do this this thing where they want to make a platform, whether it's on TikTok or Instagram or YouTube, to promote their music, but they accidentally become something else. And I've done this three times. Yeah. Um, and at some point I just embraced it, right? When I started doing this music marketing, music business thing, I was like, okay, people seem to like this let's just put all my music stuff on another channel, you know, and let me just only do this on this one. And that was the move. But yeah. Do you, do you have, what advice do you have for people who like to purposefully avoid accidentally becoming people like us? Right. And it's not, that there's anything wrong with being an edu educator, but if your goal is to get people to care about your music, I know someone with 10 million TikTok followers Mm -hmm. and he mostly grew it off of covers. Every time he does a cover, millions of views. Every time he does a thing of his own music, like a couple thousand. And so he did oh, a similar well, thing. Yeah. And, he, and he, I would I would have thought doing covers would have been a pretty good transition to promoting your own music because his music matches the covers. The yeah. audience doesn't give a shit. So how would you tell people to avoid that? Avoid becoming educators? Either that or avoid building the wrong audience. Yeah, I think it's all about the connection. You know, if if you have covers, I mean, covers are low-hanging fruit content that are going to garner attention much easier, much faster, because people are always looking for covers of songs that they already know. But if you have no endearing qualities, if you're not speaking to your audience with intention, if you're not pulling them into the story, then you're just elevator music, and they don't care who it's coming out of. And that's why, you know, I have a, a student named Maoli, M-A-O-L-I out of Hawaii. Um, and in the last five for four or five months, they've grown their TikTok from pretty much nothing to over 400,000 followers. Um, and they have, I just talked to Reggie, who's who's part of the, the group last week. Um, they've sold over 22,000 tickets to an upcoming uh, tour that starts in May directly from all of their content marketing push and the visibility and, you know, Glenn from Maoli, lead singer, like he can't go anywhere in Hawaii, Hawaii without being <laughs> recognized. And you're like, we're talking less than six months from pretty much nothing. I think he started with, I don't even remember 1800 or maybe a few thousand, but just took off. And the majority of the pulse is if you listen to like a heartbeat, it's like, boom, 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 boom. It's a rhythm. 
And then as you start moving, as you get build momentum, it gets faster. That's the same thing when it comes to social media marketing. You put out the boom, boom, content, 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 content. And the faster it goes, the more people are going to bump into the next one. Yeah. And so when you're you're building that up with the covers, mix in other things that you, they are forced to bump into. Yeah. Give them a voice for what covers you're going to do and then make the experience. So many people, one thing that people do over and over again is they'll do their original song, they'll post one video and then they yeah. just sit around like this, like hoping that all that momentum has it taken off. Like even Maoli are releasing several different iterations, different versions of that one original single yeah. to get people's attention. Because let's say for, I'm, I'm a very basic numbers guy, right? So like a hundred thousand views per cover, and then you post your own and it only gets 5,000 views. Well, now if you make 20 versions of that, that's a hundred thousand views on your own original stuff. And I'm, I'm oversimplifying yeah. a little bit, but we have to look at the law of averages, not, your best day ever and your worst day ever. You, you don't you don't live in these areas. The day you get married, the day your first child is born, when you're super depressed, when you lose a job, when you're dead broke, like those aren't your life. Yeah. This is your life somewhere floating in between. And so same goes for mental health, same goes for physical health, same goes for hitting goals, reaching goals, moving on to the next goals, you know, in in this space especially, I would just blanket it as entrepreneurship in general. We're climbing up a ladder that we're, there's no top to the ladder. There's no top rung. Yeah. We just keep climbing. And as we climb, we go through the clouds and then, whoa, this is an amazing view that not a lot of people get to see. I'm going to keep climbing, see where it goes. Yeah. Oh, this is even better. And now you can start seeing, the. you can look down and look at the world. And it all makes a lot more sense than when you're right up on it. For sure. The, the, um, the person that I was talking about that grew this covers channel like when you said that, you know, they'll, they'll, people might post like one clip of a song and it does bad. So they go right back to the covers, the content that's good. That's essentially mm -hmm. what they were doing. They were posting, like they post one thing of their song and then they had like 15 cover things and a clip of their song. And so I, I think for them, like the solution would be like, even though it's probably going to dip overall platform performance, if you want to like start converting your audience into caring about your music, they're going to have to bite the bullet for a couple of months and then just like pump out content and disperse it. And, and one thing I, I told them to do, which might actually be a solution for them, I, I don't know how applicable for other people, is start a video off as a doing a cover song, but then like seamlessly blend it into their own song. So it's like yeah. it starts off as a cover and then like maybe for the first like seven seconds it's a cover, but they have another song that's like the same key, the same tempo, whatever. And then all of a sudden they're in their song and the text on screen is like promoting their song. You know, and then they could do that yeah. a few different ways, or they could start releasing these cover songs on their Spotify. And like, obviously, some people, if they grow a TikTok platform as a producer, like teaching production content, there's going to yeah. be a different path they have to take if they grew the wrong audience. But it's um, right. Yeah, I mean, th then that's the thing. Like we all experience it. You know, when I when I first launched my channel uh, content, not my channel. The channel's been around a lot longer than the, the <laughs> teaching content. Um, I was really addressing other music producers because that's yeah. that's where I came from, right? And then artists were hitting me up and I was doing a ton of consulting with artists. And I'm like, 99% of this applies directly to the artists as well. Like I, I started as an artist and as a producer, I've worked with so many artists that, I mean, independent guys that you're just having genuine conversations with and you're trying to help them get that single off the ground that you, you know, produced for them. And it's, so it's a really, it's a partnership. Yeah. And then it went to me helping more like 
you know, uh, rappers and R&B singers and then pop and then country. And now, you know, my favorite people in the world to work with are artists and I love producers. You know, I'm a, I'm a producer, but you yeah. know, that landscape has changed as far as like selling beats online and uh, all that good stuff. And I even own a platform uh, currently called the charts.com where producers can sell their music online and even I'm considering selling that because I, w I really want to focus on what I feel is my purpose. And it's not helping producers sell beats online and then taking a small cut of it, you know? So it's, it's, uh, it's interesting how many different directions you can go. And I'm seeing a lot of people popping in genres that years ago were kind of never thought of seriously, like folk, Americana, Christian, um, all the different aspects of country and, you know, all the different hybrid hybridization of these genres. So, um, for the individual you're talking to, I think that's great advice. You know, one of my students who I, I can remember vividly talking to about the same strategy was William Singe. Like, Will is an amazingly talented dude from Australia, sings pop, R&B, old nostalgic stuff, and mixing in his own original stuff is something we discussed and something he was implementing over on YouTube when we worked together a couple of years ago. And so... It's a, it's a way to kind of bring them in and they're already having fun. So if they don't know the song, they'll be like, what's that? Oh, it's your song. Cool. Yeah. I'm already enjoying it. Right. You know? Yeah, yeah. Love it. Yeah, for sure. Um, so you actually, so you have a course, which we'll talk a little I bit do. about now. And you also sure. have a mentorship program. And what what a lot of people don't know, because like, you know, every so often people will comment and say something like, you know... <laughs> Oh, oh, like Andrew, like I'm so glad I found you. I'm really sick of people like, and they'll name like like you or something. It's just funny. That's that's fine. Because like because <laughs> <laughs> or they'll name whoever, right? They'll name so and so sure. other music marketing. But I'm making fun of you because you're here, and yeah. um, you know they don't realize that in 2019 I went through your Cell Music Masterclass and your Accelerator program because in 2019 yeah. I was just a, an artist that didn't know fuck all about music marketing, <laughs> and. Um, I was watching your channel a ton and they also don't realize that, you know, it's funny. Like someone will comment and complain about but like they had like, they like my channel more than yours or whatever. I'm like, actually no, Adam. Oh, know? that's good. And I'm like, yeah. like yeah. these uh, people don't see behind the scenes a lot, but um, it's, it's a great program. I will say like I went through it I back then that. and I'm still in it. You know, every so often I'll poke in see what you're doing and, uh, and see if there's anything new that I could learn. And it's completely yeah. different from anything that, that I offer, which because like, a lot of people might be like, why, why are you promoting some other guy's course? And um, but it is something that I think is really valuable, especially if you're trying to learn more about the, the branding, organic content side of things and the just overall starting your your music business, not just starting, but, but especially if you're starting off, because you have a ton of content mm -hmm. that one that tells people how to get into creating video content two goes over how to establish the brand three goes over like specific platforms i think you have something module on sales funnels you have modules on mindset the course is insanely long <laughs> as well it's and i don't mean yeah. that in a bad way it's super detailed it's something that i think someone could spend like six months like slowly consuming if if they if they wanted to i mean i'm sure you have some people who go through it in like a week because they're just you know <laughs> blistering yeah. through yeah, the, the, yeah there's there's a wide gradient of how people consume the content and, and we guide i mean as you know we guide them through and we try to kind of set up pacing and expectations and everything but you know funny story andrew um 
you've seen the evolution of the program. You know, it's yeah. uh, currently the Cell Music Masterclass 3.0. We're about to roll out 4.0 here, like any day now. Um, yeah. And you know, Andrew and I actually spoke about it, you know, prior to this call, where Andrew's actually going to contribute uh, some bonus stuff for, and it's such a full circle, you know, moment where Andrew believed in me and believed in the, in the product uh, years ago when I think you came in at 2.0 and every iteration of it has been, it might, you know what, you might've come in at the far tail end of 1.0 as yeah. I was rolling 2.0 out. Um, but I'm kind of a people pleaser, right? It's kind of a character strength and flaw at the same time. And students would be like, well, are you going to talk about this? So I'm like, wasn't planning on it, but let's add a module. Yeah. Hey, you said this, like, can you give us more examples? I can do that. And I add, and I keep adding. And now we have a program that 4.0 rolling out. It's going to be close to 40 modules of not only myself, but some of the most brilliant minds in the music marketing and sync and paid ad space contributing because they believe in what we're doing. So, um, I got to know Andrew at a whole different level, you know, in, in a different stage of his career. And that's how we became friends is because, you know, through the program, through the mentorship, I get to, I get to know the people that are most serious about it. And like, we're having a, we're having like a blast just masterminding and workshopping things. And, um, again, it brings me a ton of fulfillment. So like in terms of you being in the program and, and the cell music masterclass is like a self-paced thing with a group that is there for you for accountability. And I pop in and I answer questions and stuff. And then the mentorship is uh, side note. I'm actually going to be taking a break from the mentorship program for a little while. Cause I'm about to have a child oh, yeah. and I'm really going to be focusing <laughs> on the cell music masterclass group, our private mastermind. It's going to be really exciting. Um, but yeah, man, I mean, it's something that, People always ask, like, why don't you share all this stuff on YouTube? And I'm like, I kind of, I kind of do in the terms of yeah. the beginner aspect of it. Nobody's gonna watch two hours worth of one topic on YouTube. Yeah. And one thing I learned a long time ago, and you guys watching this may or may not agree, but those who pay typically pay attention. And I hate to say it because people are like, oh, you, I can't believe you're taking advantage. I'm not taking advantage of anybody. No different than a personal tra trainer is not taking advantage of you for hiring them to help you get in shape. You're yeah. essentially hiring me to help you get in music marketing shape and get your business up off the ground. And in my opinion, if you think about it, the average that I, I just did a poll not too long ago, the average amount of money that people want to make with their music is somewhere between 70,000 and 150,000. So my cell music masterclass being under a thousand dollars, it's like a no brainer if it can help you get there faster. Yeah. And so, you know, and that's not a financial claim or anything. <laughs> I will say that there's a good chunk of people that will sign up for a program and then never do anything with it. I, yeah, I, I unfortunately I saw some can't study that was replicate like myself. 70% of people that buy an online course never finish that course. And there's a lot of strategies that, that you and I as, as course creators take to try to like encourage people yeah. to actually use the thing they pay. Because like for you and I, like we want everyone that buys the course to go through it from start to finish and do everything because we know that it, works and is valuable and become a success story yeah because like if, if someone becomes a huge success you and i are going to be like one super happy and proud of them but three we're going to be like can we use you as a case study so that we can have other people buy our product okay. right and it's a no-brainer so a thousand percent i hate it when people take a course and then they just never never watch it and like for example in yours you've tried a bunch of different strategies over the years try to get people to engage, like make sure they're coming back. Like you've tried dripping out the content instead of having it available at launch. You've tried having it all available at launch. 
you've tried you've you've done like when you launch a new uh, uh, season season or whatever you call it of mm-hmm. some music masterclass you'll do like weekly like live streams and stuff to get people like coming back and asking questions um then you have the whole community aspect where, where people can go in and, and hang out and ask questions and engage I, with each other andrew I think you and I are on the same page. Like I want people to succeed. I want to have a very, very good reputation in this space. Cause there's a lot of people getting ripped off. Yeah. And so whatever we can do to invest the time we, I mean, we have a 3000 square foot office. I have multiple employees all trying to make sure that students see the successes that we know are possible. If they put in the work, they're patient and they evolve with us. So, um, and inside note, if you guys are still watching this, interview our little fireside chat today in the comments box below in the chat wherever you are right i will follow through because that's half the battle guys over 90 percent of people give up so if you just keep going if you just follow through whether it's a course whether it's watching youtube videos and implementing whether it's having you know mentors passively that you learn from through books you have to follow through yeah there's a whole lot of people that have lawn care you know equipment in their garage for their own lawn they have the lawnmower they have the weed whacker they have the bush trimmer they have all this different stuff the edger how many people have a successful lawn care business compared to those people you can have the tools but if you don't know how to utilize them if you don't know how to build a business around the tools the tools do not matter knowledge without action is not knowledge at all hey everyone thanks so much for watching and big thanks to adam ivy for hanging out and sharing a bunch of tips if you're interested make sure to check the link in the description to go get a bunch of free training content from Adam's side, and also to see if you're interested to to see his Cell Music Master 4.0. I've had th- three <laughs> dogs in the room with me this whole time. They've been very good boys. <laughs> That's funny. Um, They're like, enough, Dad, yeah, let's do I'm this. Just, I'm fucking over this, guys. Let me out. You can go and access his free series of content for the upcoming Cell Music Master 4.0. And Adam, anything to add before we call this video over? Guys, I just want you guys to be uplifted but I also want you to be power empowered with the knowledge and the understanding of like, how do you take that creativity and turn it into a business? So come hang out with me. Definitely continue to listen to Andrew. He's one of the best humans that I know, and I'm honored to call him a friend. Thanks for hanging out. And if you have any questions about anything we talked about, or you have some concepts that you would like us to discuss uh, on our own channels, put them in the video comments, right? I was going to say description, put them in the comments, Andrew. I appreciate you having me on your channel, man. It's always a good hang. Uh, hopefully people got some value out of this and I can't, I can't wait to hang out on my birthday with y'all. Yeah.